comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. crime in society, there is no justice. As a city, we continue to grow. 73 citizen riots. Come and get us! Turn on your weapons and prepare to be judged! Judge this! Court's adjourned. Let's just not even do a podcast. <laughs> like this movie was that bad. There is nothing redeemable about this movie at all. Um, well, I wouldn't say nothing redeemable. I guess there's, there's, you know, for trying to find. I'll, I hope to never watch it again. <laughs> um, it killed Stallone's career. Love <laughs> well, that. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't we didn't have, have to suffer great... through any more films of a cop getting, getting uh, um, framed. Yeah. Uh, he's the law. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me, as always, my co-host, Judge Kevin. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I'm the um, In case you can't tell, today we're doing the 1995 blockbuster, um, Judge Dredd. And by uh, blockbuster, it's a movie that you want to ram your head against over <laughs> and over and over again. A movie you probably rented at blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we mean. <laughs> Yeah. And then forgot to return it, and then your parents got really mad at you because of the late fees. <laughs> They're like, I have to pay eight fifty to re- to return a copy of, of Judge, Judge Dredd. Dredd. What even is this? Is this a real movie? <laughs> to which we reply, kinda. So we're going to start this podcast off like we start off every podcast, asking why we continue living after watching this movie. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask Aww. Kevin... What do you know about Judge Dredd? <sighs> what do I know about Rob Schneider? Ah, <laughs> uh, Judge Dredd, no. I mean, that's... Well, you had mentioned while we were watching it that you were like, oh, because th- there was this... Uh, and we haven't talked about a lot of them, but, like, y- even including, I guess, Blade, which was a little bit later, but, like, all of these comic book properties that, like, no one had ever heard of. And when I say no one, I mean, like... People like me, yeah. like mainstream audience, no, no one, not comic book yeah. people. Not most comic book people didn't even hear of this. Hellboy. A lot of like obscurities from like the uh, mid nineties through, basically leading up to the big, yeah, you know, it was like Tank Girl, American Splendor. I mean, we still had <laughs> no. Batman at that point. Like, yeah, it was Bat- on its way out because yeah. uh, the- Joel Schumacher once said, "Well, yeah, because uh, this is the same year as Batman Forever." Uh Batman Forever. Seems like Talked forever ago. recently. Um, yeah, episode number forty. Some blah blah. Forty blue. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Judge Joseph Dredd made his his first appearance in two thousand A.D. Number two of March fifth, nineteen seventy seven. Um, he was created by uh, let me uh, John Wagner as the writer and Carlos Esquiera, not the voice of Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. Uh, the artist. Uh, for, and for those who don't know, 2000 AD is a British anthology comic book kind of similar to Heavy Metal, which is another movie that we could talk about. And by talk about, we could kind of go, 
Ah, there's some cartoon boobies. Cartoon boobs. <laughs> Look, she's flying the, the pterodactyl. <laughs> okay, it listens to really terrible British heavy metal music. <laughs> this isn't good. Why is there a skeleton? Why is that guy voiced by John Candy? I don't know. Uh, yeah, in 2008, is an anthology magazine where they would have like a couple different comics in there, and Judge Dredd was a reoccurring comic in there. Uh, 2008 kind of became big stateside because... Uh, I believe that they would carry Marvel stories inside of them as well. Now, this is... I did zero research on this, and this is just going off of my memory, is that a lot of the 2080 stuff, um, the... I think it was... Not IDW. It was... Uh, IPC Media carried a lot of the Marvel stuff in the UK throughout mm. most of the 70s and early 80s. So there was like some crossover between Marvel and 2000 AD. I think 2000 AD is also like a lot of those people who do like Captain Britain and things like that. Ah, yes, he was, he's like Captain America, except he drinks tea and, <laughs> sure. and folds at Dunkirk. Um, they would t- do that whole thing, and there was cr- crossover. But now I, I believe that IPC is owned by uh, Time Warner, which in turns is Warner Brothers, which in turn owns DC. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. All I know is is that Judge Dredd, the whole concept behind him is that he's like a... F- it's the future. The world has, of course, gone through a nuclear holocaust because Russia and the United States couldn't keep it in their pants. Mm-hmm. And so civilization descends. There's these big mega cities. Judge Dredd is a, is a judge of Mega City One, which is basically the entire eastern seacoast of the United States. Judges are basically have are judge, juries, and execution. Judge, Judy, and executioner. <laughs> right. So they go around and they you know they can pronounce. You know the sentence on whatever criminal they come across. It's right. it's basically you are charged with <laughs> vagrancy, <not> pro- <laughs> improper folding of your slice of pizza. <laughs> the sentence is death, death. Yeah, and that's like the the whole basis of it. It's kind of like short form, like you know, in uh, in England how they would say stuff. Where it's always like, this is like 1984, you know, yeah, people yeah. watching us all the time. They would say that about Judge Dredd. Like, if a cop, like, you know, because in England, the cops are, like, the, the most dangerous weapon they're allowed to carry is, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the nightstick. <laughs> like a like water the... snake that you get at Walgreens. <laughs> like, one of those. And like, careful there, Sonny, I'm going to hit you with this war snake. That's Australian for some odd reason. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah. Um, and so, like, anytime, like, a police officer's like, I think we should carry guns. And they're always like, Judge Dredd! <laughs> right. You know? Wow. Oi! <laughs> like, it is, you know, it's 1977, British 2000 AD, so this is the time of, of like, Northern Ireland bombing, like, the Troubles, and and, mm. and the Sex Pistols are supposedly counterculture, yeah. and people get upset because they play God Save the Qu- and God Save the Queen or whatever, yeah. and it's all this big to-dos, and everyone's going nuts about it, and that's what this is supposed to be. So, of course, it's the perfect property for a Sylvester Stallone 1995 action movie. Yeah. Oh, this movie and wacky comic relief yeah. by none other than Rob Schneider. Mouth Rob Schneider, Sylvester Stallone making copies. <laughs> so, kids, for those who don't know about the 1990s, it was a terrible oh. time. People <laughs> like to think that the 1990s were this awesome era of we- of like 
a bliss. It was not. The 90s were terrible for entertainment. We need to formally make this just a recurring segment. Uh, <laughs> what how the 90s were terrible. Right, yeah, the segment of the show where Joe <laughs> rails against the 1990s, how much he hates them. Saturday Night Live was considered at its peak for some people at this time, with Rob Schneider, the co-star of this movie, yeah. inside there, and his whole bit was he would sit at a desk while people would go up and make copies, and he would comment on them. Yeah. Like, because this was like office culture, like, Dilbert was really relevant at this time, people. Dilbert. <laughs> I can't help it. Oh, man. They were t- it wasn't that relevant. We never did get that Dilbert movie. There's a Dilbert TV show. We got a cartoon, but yeah. yeah, that doesn't count. And Scott Adams went on to become like a big Trump supporter. Yeah. Just like Rob Schneider. Well, it all comes full circle. So the movie starts off with the only black character of the entire thing giving the narration <laughs> about <laughs> what happened. And off-screen James Earl Jones. <laughs> Jones. Good. He probably got paid a ton of money to do that, too. Talking about how blah, 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 nuclear holocaust, the judges are in charge of this. You've heard it before. Yeah. <laughs> the same old plot. So you get this shot of, of Mega City 1, which is, there are absolutely no minorities in this entire city. I think we literally saw one black person in this entire movie. And mm-hmm. he's like, and I think the, an Indian person. And, an and Indi- then Joan Shen. So there's like one random person representing... Each. All the n- major non-white. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is bad groupings. in this movie. Like when they talk about in modern movies of like whitewashing over everything, that is this movie. Must be why so many people on the internet still love this movie. It could They're be. like, look at how white the future is. Oh my! I God. mean, it's all on fire. But <laughs> it, 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 like, and we were talking about this. This movie is is is. Just the the conservative dream of... Yeah, of, uh, the meme that's going around where it's like the future that liberals want and it's like, every, you know, the, the joke because someone made it yeah. to be condescending. Um, this would be the future that conservatives want. It's, just, it's like cops are just walking around blinged out in Versace costumes, <laughs> carrying, you know, all sorts of voice-activated weapons and they could just shoot criminals on the street just because. Just, no, they're guilty of whatever cr- They're guilty crime. of whatever circumstance happens to be going on at that moment. They're poor. <laughs> right, basically. Yeah, the whole concept is is that everyone, all the people in the United States have to be crowded into this mega city. Yeah. So, of course, there's block riots and everything right. else going on. And you've got all the guys, like the chief counsel or whatever, they're all sitting around going like... There's all these riots, and crime continues to rise. We need to just keep doing more of the thing uh, we're doing. <laughs> I don't understand why it isn't working. Yeah. and We uh, should do it harder. I, I would, the recap of this movie is so ridiculous, because I would love to just tear into like why they thought it was a good idea to make this movie and not make it a, a, a parody, or not a parody, a... Uh, um, What's the word? A satire yeah. of what it's supposed to be. Right. But we No, have, they treated it all very they, serious. Not, well, they didn't treat it seriously. They treated it as if, like, oh, yes, this is a legitimate well, plot. They, yeah. yeah, right. They treated the, <laughs> the legitimate plot. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, and, and the recap will be a little bit hard because we found ourselves asking each other what's going on a lot. <laughs> the tongue is so Why far away. Why is he like this? <laughs> the tongue is so far away from the cheek at this point. Yeah. So, this movie has the whitest people of all time. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Max von Sydow, Jürgen Prochnow, and Rob Schneider are the main characters. And Armand Sante. <laughs> Armand Sante. <laughs> Kevin, can I tell you about who Armand Sante is? <laughs> oh, my God. He had fun. 
I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> he had but he fun. had fun. Yeah. So. Oh, and Diane Lane is is the random. So you know the movie not contains any characters who are gay because Diane Lane's in this movie. Yes. Uh, and she smooches Sylvester Stallone at the end. Yeah. And it's kind of gross. And they cut away from it immediately. Thank goodness. <laughs> no one needed this. Yikes. So to cover somewhat of what's going on with the plot, Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dredd breaks up a riot that's going on. And he arrests Rob Schneider, yes. who just got out of jail. Or uh, who knows what he was doing. Yeah, I think he was just wherever. He got he got put there. He had anyway. cargo shorts on. <laughs> he had cargo shorts. Cargo that's, shorts are still a thing. Well, that's how you know white people are still in charge, because yeah. cargo shorts are still a thing. Um, so, yeah, he arrests Rob Schneider. And we get to see him do his thing with a big shootout, yeah. uh, killing some bad guys. And Diane Lane's partner gets killed because yeah. he sucks. Yeah, because he's a, he's a random scrub who gets killed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Diane Lane playing Judge Hershey. <laughs> exactly. Judge Barbara Hershey. <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> yeah, she her partner's killed. So Judge Dredd becomes her new partner. I, they just start kind of hanging out. <laughs> She's like, what do you want to do later? You want to hang out? He's like, I don't know. Let's go, to, let's go to spend some justice. <laughs> so that's just Stallone's neckline in this movie also. Like, oh, it's it just deeper. keeps. Yeah. Until the end of the movie, it like goes down to his belly button. <laughs> <laughs> and you're Pretty like, much. The most improbable fa- fashion ever. So yeah, they start hanging out, and then there's this guy who comes out, and he's like in a big fancy car, and he's like, I guess got a DUI, and then Sylvester and Judge Dredd blows oh, up driving, his car. Yeah, he's driving without a license, but it was the fourth time, so yeah. he, so the so the sentence for that is getting your car exploded. <laughs> then all of a sudden he gets arrested. That's and- why everything in this future is on fire. By the way, it's just like now there's a burning pot wreckage <laughs> of a car in the middle of a street. Li- everything is on fire in this movie, and they come to arrest him yeah. because. Apparently, a reporter that was doing a story on him was killed. Yeah, I, so I, yeah, I missed that. I, it may or may not have been explained. It was a little bit confusing, but the gist of it is, Max von Sydow's, like, second in command, Jürgen Proctorow. Of Das Boot. Um, <laughs> he goes to break Armand Sante out of space jail. I, Aspen. Sorry, it's Aspen. <laughs> space jail is in Colorado. <laughs> It's on a on a you know on a nice in a nice ski resort. Fresh powder. Get your boots shined up. Fruit. Taste oh man, this could have been like a like a you know regular guys versus like preppy you know yeah. like a ski uh, comedy yeah. of the of the eighties. But no. you think you guys own the mountain? I'll race you for the mountain. <laughs> I have the skis. That doesn't even Stallone, work. you don't know how to ski. I can ski. I can do all sorts of things. I could, I played Rambo. <laughs> played Rambo. So they uh, drew first blood. Yeah. So he, yeah, he breaks. He breaks Armando Sante out of space jail, and he gets killed. Uh, oh, it's not him. It's not. No, he doesn't break. No, him out. It's somebody like, else so, breaks it's, him yeah, out. But and I mean, gets it's killed. under but, Jürgen yeah. Prochnow's orders. Whatever. So yeah, and then he escapes, and they frame. Dread. Judge Dread for reasons not yet revealed to us. By the way, we just you roll can, with it. You can literally like the judges have the ability to pass sentence however they want. Yeah, like you know, well, or, or according to the law, and so th- everyone freaks out because he kills this this because this reporter right, gets but killed. But no one asks him like, yeah, why? What about the other forty people you just killed? Right. 
Well, no, those people were poor. That's you're true. You're allowed That's to murder true. You're all not of al- the poor people without That's any you know sort of... He doesn't need... There was zero paperwork done in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need to write any of that up. Well, and that's you know also how you know we're not quite to the Trumpian dystopia that we wa- that they want it to be because they're not allowed to kill the fourth estate quite yet. <laughs> right, <laughs> getting there. Yes. So judge, so he gets Diane Lane to defend him in court, and they find yeah. out that the video is inadmissible, but there's DNA evidence on each bullet. There's this lengthy <laughs> explanation of how. <laughs> DNA for every bullet you shoot your DNA is that's a again that's an awful lot of oversight for someone who has carte blanche to execute people on the street well and not only that but we needed like a 45 second explanation of why there's DNA on the book this movie is called Judge Dread Kevin <laughs> we don't need an explanation of why there needs to be DNA on each bullet do 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 <laughs> We need to understand the law side of the law and order. <laughs> Lenny Briscoe would not have put up with that crap. <laughs> not Lenny Briscoe, Jack McCoy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hang him high. Ugh. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. We would yeah, they wouldn't have put up with that. J- Jerry Orbach doesn't get DNA <laughs> on uh, any of his bullets. Grape jelly? Yes. <laughs> Marinara sauce. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so he gets pronounced guilty, and everyone's just screaming at each other throughout most of this scene yeah. in this movie. <laughs> and there's so many stupid scenes in between of him, like, explaining the judge's weaponry and armor to these cadets. Yeah. And you're like... All for the purposes of callbacks. Like, you needed to know that their voice activated and that the guns have a flare. Yeah. And you needed to know that sometimes the little hover <laughs> the jet contraptions bikes, yeah. don't function all the way. And your armor's bulletproof. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of silliness. Yeah, just so you could have it called back later. Right. So, yeah... Judge is put on this prison transport to be taken to Aspen. Mm-hmm. And flying over the oh, cursed earth, cursed which is basically earth. the wasteland, the nuclear wasteland outside of... It's what Hollywood thinks is middle America. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fly- flyover, flyover country <laughs> flyover out there. <laughs> Filled with mutant inbreds. Pretty much. What we like to call I've been to Walmart. red state America. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Bible Belt. <laughs> And the Rust Belt and all the other belts. Yeah. Hollywood thinking. Yeah, so, but of course he gets sat next to Rob Schneider, the character he just arrested. Right. And Rob Schneider gets to do his Sylvester Stallone interpreta- impersonation. Yeah, and all the, all the trailers I remember from the time. I actually remember when this movie came oh, out because, you know, we're old enough that, you know, the 90s, I mean, we were, you know, school, junior high or so, but like, uh, or high school. But yeah, I remember this movie and. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater, but I remember because he was such a big deal, everyone was like, yeah. Rob Schneider. He's going to be funny. This movie's going to be funny. This movie's not funny. <laughs> no. This movie's not even funny by 1995 standards. <laughs> no. And 1995 wasn't funny at all. No. Look at the comedies from 1995. Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> Schindler's List. Oh, wait, no, I don't know Schindler's if that was 95. That was before. I think that was 94. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Apollo 13. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. 1995 wasn't funny either. It was it was, it was just a terrible year. Aside from that. 
It was it was the dead middle. What's the best movie from 1995? Is it Clueless? Is Clueless the best yeah, movie Clueless from 1995? Clueless is probably the movie that probably has aged the best from 1995. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, Schindler's List, of course. But I mean, no one ever says like, hey, let's put on Schindler's List. You watch yeah. Schindler's List once and then you go, oh, I'm... I feel yeah, bad I'm for done. being human being. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put on Clueless, and you're like, and you're oh, like, yay. yay. Yeah. It's Paul Rudd. <laughs> he hasn't aged at all. Nope. Just like Max von Sydow. <laughs> yeah, Max von Sydow looks exactly the same, too. So, oh, yeah. So they're flying over the middle, and these mutants see them. And luckily, they're able to be there. And Oh, by the way. The, oh my god, there's so much judge, plot yeah, in this movie. It's like ridiculous. We haven't even gotten all the complicated <sighs> plot. We're just trying to describe the scene. So Judge Dredd is supposed to be executed for his crime of, of right. killing this politician. But Max von Sydow gets him out of it by like stepping down and it's, going on because apparently, the long walk. There's two things you can't refuse. One, it's the request of a Sicilian on his daughter's wedding day. <laughs> and the other one is that when the head judge steps down, he's allowed to... Yeah, have you have to honor his uh, final wish. ruling yeah. or whatever. It's like, well, who cares? So they give him life in prison. Well, yeah, and In Aspen prison. And uh, Max von Sydow has to exercise Linda Blair. No, he has to go <laughs> out into the desert right. and, to, to give law to the lawless. Yeah. Is what it is. Whatever that means. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Meats so- get stabbed five minutes later is what it means. <laughs> Oh God! So the as the prison transports flying over. By the way, I want to <laughs> I want you to understand this. This is a jet that's flying from New York City to Aspen, Colorado, right? Yeah. And the Angel family shoots it down. Mm-hmm. And the Angels are these mutant inbreds, and you get what's his face showing up for the second time in two weeks uh, from Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah. Spud. Uh, yeah right. Spud. Spud's in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I can't pronounce his actual name. It's, yeah, it's, it's whatever. All, it's all Irish. I, I can't. I yeah. can't pronounce it. So or Spud, Scottish, yeah. whatever it is. And uh, Herschel from uh, The Walking Dead. Yes. They, yeah. They they shoot down the the transport, which it's it's a cavalcade of errors as machine guns go off and, <laughs> and uh, all these people die. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, Dread and Fergie, who is Rob Schneider's character, who we'll just <laughs> refer to as Rob Schneider throughout right. this movie. Yeah. Escape. Deuce Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Mega City One Gigolo. <laughs> they they go off and they, they, they get captured by these mutants and the mutants are going to eat them? Sure. I they're guess. cannibals as well. Yeah. But you, it's what you got to do. Uh, you get into this big fight scene with the big guy who's got one arm, mean machine, mm-hmm. and they're all fighting and then uh, Max von Sydow shows up and shoots the guys so that they survive, but then yeah. he gets stabbed in the back immediately right by the <laughs> mutant one-armed guy yeah which is completely idiotic uh, just, and then they're able to and he's alive long enough to explain to him oh my god that he was made from a test tube which coincides of course with diane lane and the cadet who's good at video and digital stuff. Um, There's a lot of hacking in this movie. Yeah, despite not even being the hacker It's 1995. The fact, like, hacking... Computers were a new thing, and people had them in their homes. In 1995, the definition of hacking is not too different than what NCIS says is the definition of hacking. Pretty much. It was very, like, enhance. Enhance. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, they realized that the photo of... Judge Dredd as a baby, uh, and his parents 
uh, out in the woods or whatever is faked. It's all fake. It's all fake. It's actually a picture of him on a spaceship or whatever in the space <laughs> the room. The only thing that's real is the baby. <laughs> and it's like, it's obviously a fake baby in the picture, too. <laughs> right. Because it's like, they don't even try to get they like couldn't a, even take a photograph of an actual baby. baby. No, because they'd have to pay the baby. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, screw that. <laughs> That's the best We're just going to draw They literally baby. could have taken any baby <laughs> and put it on like a table. Yeah. And it did fine. Yeah. But they had to photo manipulate the baby on the table <laughs> and say, this is the real picture. No, that's obviously not the real picture. Because I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm looking through a 2017. Like, I've seen enough fake nude pictures on the internet to know what a fake is. Yeah. I, but I mean, in 1995, yeah, me, Photoshop I, yeah. wasn't a household name. No. It wasn't a verb yet. No. The only thing it was used for was what Stalin tried to get rid of his enemies from his pictures. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they find this out, and then they describe that Armand Sante is a clone, just like Judge Dredd yeah. is. They're, they're, they're brothers, brothers, in a sense. They're brothers. In, insofar as they have family. Yeah. And he judged him. He judged him. Uh, judged him. Enrico. <laughs> they judged him. Yeah. For what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Stuff. Maybe he uh, also had a suspended license. We don't know. Loitering. <laughs> yeah. Jaywalking, loitering, and talking during a movie. <laughs> oh, the worst. What a monster. <laughs> so, Judge Dredd is, is after they gets this entire backstory from Max von Sydow and finally let Max von Sydow die. He decides to take Rob Schneider back to the city with him. Yeah. He's like, we got to go back and we got to save everybody. <laughs> you do it. And they go. And, and we get the very, like, The Rock-esque. Uh, actually, they they beat The Rock to that bit, didn't was they? It really, was it really? Wasn't that 96? Was The Rock? Could have been. Wow. But yeah, it was like, yeah, well, the running into the. Well, let's be fair. It was from like Star Trek. Well, okay. <laughs> the original series. But still. Where they got to be like, okay, we have to time this perfectly. There's a blast of flame comes out of this hole every 30 seconds. Yeah. And obviously way longer than 30 seconds because they got to give all this expo- exposition between it. Of where Rob Schneider wants a Judge Dredd to apologize to him for arresting him. It's like, no, you broke the law. I mean, there's there's no argument in that fact. But, okay, let's just have this comic scene for no reason whatsoever and drag this movie. Someone decided that this movie needed wacky comic relief. I'm going to go into that in the production. And notes. they decided that that wacky comic relief needed to be Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk more about that. So he gets back into the city, and they go back... And Jurgen Prochnow is like, they decide that they're going to kill off all the judges, so for some reason? Because he wants to make... Well, we they find re- out what his endgame is, but what we don't... What was never clear to either of us is why Jurgen's character went along with it and what he thought was actually going to happen. Because he seemed surprised by Armando Sante's <laughs> Inevitable plan. betrayal, yeah. Yeah. And he, like... I don't know what he thought he was doing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Armando Sante got uh, a giant old school murder bot. <laughs> a ro- Why would you build a face on a robot? Well, There's no reason to put a face on a robot. So it could move its mouth when it talks to you. <laughs> you don't. You don't need a face on a robot. You need you a face on a robot. You don't need arms. You don't it's need. So, it's Lo- so. 
Obama spent the last eight years building robots that kill American citizens. Yeah. And none of them have faces. <laughs> See, I, we also make fun of the left. It's uh, We're fair. It's 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 so you can have sex with the robot. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I understand Everything why. Everything is sex robots. <laughs> sex and, and cyber goths. <laughs> <laughs> the cyber goths were here. So they built this. So, yeah, he has this robot. Yeah. And they're going to they kill off all these judges. They kill like 94 judges. Yeah. Because they're going to... Even the younglings. They're, <laughs> and the women and children, too. So they're going to repopulate all the judges with clones. That's the key. Right. They're like, we're gonna well, re- we need the we Janus need Project. Now. Right. The Janus, the Janus Project. Project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't think of any other famous Janices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Janus Ian is about it. The, the Janus uh, from the Muppets. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to clone these guys. Wow. I always think of, like, uh, like I can think of Janets, like mm. Janet from uh, Three's Company. Yeah. Yeah, but that's about it. Janet Reno. Janet Reno. <laughs> Go back to, to 1995. be a terrified clone. <laughs> Go back to 1995. <laughs> okay, so Janet Reno was the, what was it? What was, she wasn't Secretary of State. No, she was the, she was like the district, like the, t- the chief attorney. The attorney right. general. Yes, Janet attorney Reno. general. Yes, and thank you. she was a, a giant woman. Yes. She had a good sense of humor. But mm-hmm. she recently was, passed away. Recently passed was away. Was portrayed on uh, SNL by often by Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Um, was a lesbian, not at the time. But well, probably we all time, kind of but, knew, <laughs> but it was, but not openly. Yeah, but not openly. Um, she was part of the reason why George W. Bush got elected president because she prosecuted this whole thing with uh, with that Cuban boy. Uh, ah, what, what was his name? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Alien yeah, Gonzalez. Yeah. Alien, wow, the Alien, Alien Gonzalez, Gonzalez thing, which uh, which made I a lot of Cubans upset in Florida, mm-hmm. which allowed Florida to go to W. Bush, even though that was a whole little funky thing going on there. Yeah, there's a lot of sketchy stuff going on there. But that was your minute in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> Janet Reno. But we got to go back four more years. We got to go to, <laughs> to 1995. And so, yeah, they, they're going to redo this project and clone all these judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they get rid of the original sample, and Armand DeSante is going to use his blood. Yeah. Because even he thinks that's a great idea. Yeah. And the person who's like, all be- the clones will have my neck and hairline. <laughs> and this is all being done by, by Twin Peaks' Joan Chen. Yeah. Who shows up two hours into this movie? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "What's going on? Yes. Why is Joan Chen in here?" David Lynch mainstay, <laughs> Joan Chen. David Lynch directed this movie. Yeah, well, again, I can't get too far ahead. No, I can't know. get too far ahead. <laughs> so yeah, they they were gonna they. This movie's bonkers, stupid. <laughs> they okay. Yeah, you gotta have the final showdown. And then, and then Judge well, Shred like gets whole, back. There's a whole chase scene. Yeah. It's there's a chase stupid. scene through the city from Blade Runner. Yeah. With like a, a holograms and stuff. They're flying over cyber goths. And yeah. Stupid. <laughs> it's just a stupid scene. Yeah. It just kind of all happens. Lots of things. And then he confronts Armand Asante. And of course, he's got to fight Armand Asante. Yeah. And, and Joe and Chen's got to fight Diane Lee. Yeah. And then they fight. And then... What is what is uh, what does Armando Sante say? Like, yeah, they, he goes to town on the scenery. All of that beautiful '90s action sci-fi scenery gets neon devoured. and smoke. Why is there so much steam? 
Because everything is on fire. There's steam everywhere. Just like unnecessary steam. Like if I could describe this movie in two words, it's unnecessary steam. <laughs> Everyone's sweaty for some reason. They do sweat a lot. Well, it looked hot. I mean, I'm it sure it was. I mean, it was hot. a lot of steam. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so yeah, they, they fight each other and then they make a big deal out of like, I need the clones now. And so they open up all these clone things and the clones don't do anything. No, they, they just look sticky. Yeah, they just, they, they, they look like the, the White Walkers from, from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is going to be something and it's not something. Mm-mm. And then Rob Schneider like reprograms the robot. The robot tears the arms off Jurgen Prock now. Yeah. And the only bit of blood in this entire R-rated movie. Yeah. That's a weird one, right? Ah, uh, this, and the. And then at the end, it's like, we need to, the Judge Dredd, like, they get a fight on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, was the research station in the Statue of Liberty's no, head? it wasn't because they show, like, the Statue of Liberty's head's real small. How'd they get up there? I don't know. What were it's they not doing? Explained. It's not explained at all. Yeah, why were they in the Statue of Liberty's head? Because that's where like, Rico was going to jump on the motorcycle and, and fly out, but then Judge Dredd pulls him off the motorcycle, and they get into a little hissy fit fight and judge dread's hanging out by the statue of liberty like like vertigo style like this was done by much better movies than this judge dread pulls him and flips him over and throws oh because he's runs out of bullets that's like the big crux of this movie if armand asante had kept one bullet in that gun he would have been able to kill judge dread but he was out of bullets by the way if you ever do that in a plot it's like this is writing 101 you should never be allowed to write anything ever again yeah because that is the most incon- – that just makes everything that your actors are doing inconsequential. Every action that they take is inconsequential at that point because it all comes down to, oh, the bullet, you know, I forgot. Like if they had said earlier, like like the judges, like when they're talking about like when Judge Dredd is showing them the guns to the cadets and he said like, always keep track of how many bullets you got because you never know when this could get you out of a situation. And then they had done that at the end. Guess what? That's a callback. That right. makes sense then. That's written. That's written. That that becomes clever at that point. As opposed to just being like, aha, his yeah. gun malfunctioned. Ha, ha, ha. ha. Ugh. Ha, ha, ha. And then Joan Chen gets shot in the back and everything. And it's, yeah, it's the whole thing. stupid. And then they're like, Judge Dredd, we want you to be the chief justice again. And he's like, I'm a street cop. Yeah. I like killing minorities. Busting heads. <laughs> if there was any minorities left. I like blowing up cars, murdering people in the streets and in their homes. It's not murder, it's the law. <laughs> and then Diane Lane kisses him in the most awkward kiss ever. Yeah. And you're like, Rob Ever- Schneider throws up. <laughs> we all throw up. The end. the end. Holy crud. He's a sitting duck out there. He knows what he's doing. I am the law. Drop your weapon. These clubs are under arrest. You want to be afraid of somebody? Be afraid of me. That was the quickest recap ever because this movie is garbage. This movie is a garbage <laughs> fire. <laughs> All right, uh, let me the production notes. Yeah, I gotta pull up my production. Production notes. All right, so this movie was directed by Danny Cannon, who really hadn't done anything at this point. Um, he really wanted to do this movie though. Like this was like, his dream movie, hmm. and they got Sylvester Stallone for it, who yeah. didn't know anything about. Judge Dredd, and completely rewrote the script. 
Yeah, I was just reading something about that, that uh, all the things that we were saying, like, it should have been uh, more satirical and maybe a bit uh, darker. darker. Um, versus, you know, being super silly and comedic and kind of dumb and complicated. Uh, yeah, those were all of Stallone's directions. Now, I know not a ton of people listen to this podcast, and probably most of the people that do skew a bit older, but something you have to remember is that in 1995, Sylvester Stallone was pretty much at the top of his game. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe he was on the down. He had done Oscar at this point, a couple mm-hmm. years back at this point, but he was still like one of the biggest box office draws of all time. Yeah, this point, like the 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 one two three punch of Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and and Bruce Willis, yeah. were ridiculous at this point. So Sylvester Stallone had done Demolition Man in 1993, which to be similar was about a framed cop in the future, um, or a flame. It takes place in the future. It was a framed cop. Um, it's got R- Rob Schneider in there in a comedic role. Um, <laughs> it was a big success. Launched the career of a. Of uh, Sandra, um, you know, blindside. Sandra Bullock. Oh, Bull- oh yeah. really? Sandra Bullock. And Wesley Snipes at that point. There you go. So they come and they do this movie. This movie killed Sylvester Stallone's career in 1995. Now, the, that and Assassins, as I said earlier, by the Wachowski siblings. The, uh, Danny Cannon did this movie and was completely overwritten at all points. Sylvester Stallone had so much sway that he pretty much rewrote this film into a comedic buddy cop movie. Yeah. Instead of the dark, fascist, undertone satire that it could have been Judge Dredd that we eventually got later in 2012's mm-hmm. Dredd. Well, I won't go too much into that because we might get in that movie a little bit later. Or we might do that movie a little bit later if it ever comes back to Netflix or whatever <laughs> right. so we can watch it. Yeah. So Danny Kinn did this movie, and this was a huge production. This was a $90 million movie, which in 1995 was a ton of money. Mm. Not quite Waterworld levels, but $90 million. That's a lot of money to be spending on a film in 1995, especially with the film that had all of these actors in it who were relatively big names. Jurgen Prochnow, Max von Sydow, those were big people at that time. Stallone, huge actor in 1995. Diane Lane hadn't really done anything except Chaplin at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, she she this killed her career until she got uh had that sex scene in in the bathroom. <laughs> and well, I can never remember the name of that I movie. Yeah, closure was it Closure? I think. Sure, sounds yeah. right. I always get her confused with Maria Bello in and uh, ah. History of Violence, and I always yeah. get those two confused. Different movies altogether. Um, but yeah, this movie only made 115 million. It was considered a a, a bomb. But it still was profitable. I mean, it made $25 million, which is way more money than I'll ever have in my lifetime. Sure. So <laughs> I guess you got that going for it. Yeah, this movie was universally panned. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That is a, three, uh, a 3.5 out of 10. <laughs> you know, in the, in the reviewer's score. That's not good. Mm-mm. Not good at all. Uh, this movie... Yeah, it had, it, it had a lot going for it, though. Just to name a few things... It still had top-of-the-line effects. I mean, the effects look kind of silly for right now, but in 1995, those were pretty good effects. Yeah, it, it has some very 1995 action movie effects. The big 
uh, things, big things shooting, flames uh, that they had to keep showing because they did it once and they were like, we have to keep showing the same shot of the flames over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the giant, uh, the hydraulically controlled robot. Yeah. A lot that of, was cool. A lot of practical makeup effects, like mm-hmm. the Mean Machine and a lot of those guys, like yeah. the mutants, they had all that crazy makeup on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uniforms were all spiffy. All the motorcycles were motorcycles that actually drove around and yeah the green screen was about the most dated looking thing on yeah there. that never looks good no. that, that didn't look good for a long time <laughs> it's like it was almost, and even now you're always like yeah they're in front of a green screen yeah it's like not as bad as the rear projection from casablanca but it's still pretty bad <laughs> it's on bar it's on bar with that, <laughs> where so. they're like moving the steering wheel like really crazy <laughs> as they're driving <laughs> right no one drives like that <laughs> um and everyone in this movie just looks terrible the, the, uh, Stallone and Asante both look like just piles of mashed potatoes. <laughs> they look like something Richard Dreyfus made and said, this means something. Yes. It's it's bad. Turns out it doesn't. It doesn't no. mean anything. And they're spitting on everyone. Yeah. Joan Chen looks terrible in this movie. Yeah, she does. You're just like, ugh. Yeah. Jurgen Prochnow's teeth, you could really project the movie into the gap between his teeth. <laughs> I like Jürgen Prachnow. What can I say? I, I, I do. I guess. You like saying it. Who doesn't? But Jürgen Prachnow. He was. You've never seen Das Boot? Well, you know my love of submarine movies. Are yeah, much greater you're, than you're your more of the submarine, submarine guy. guy. Yeah, I have not seen that one. Just a bunch of men in a tube. Yeah. No reason to shove in a love plot in that movie. <laughs> it's wooden fence. You know no. where to put it. <laughs> where do we put the love plot? I do not know. <laughs> das U-Boat. So, yeah, this, this movie... Let's get into how. Oh, some of the other great things that this movie that it had a great soundtrack. Alan Silvestri did a pretty a gr- good score. Like, and that's the thing too. The is, score was way better than the movie should have been. No, like, and that's we'll complain about this f- from now until probably Doomsday about the scores in the modern comic book movies. They're all terrible. Yeah, they're all placeholder scores that really don't do anything fancy or fun. Uh, we didn't talk about that with the Wonder Woman movie uh, last last time, like. That really it had it had some good stuff, but it was pretty generic. I was a little disappointed because yeah. uh, I didn't. I, I feel like we heard the theme all that much. That really kind of cool, yeah. That cool theme that we yeah. got to hear a bunch in BBS. Uh, yeah, BBS colon DOJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, the we didn't get to hear that. And this movie, you get this like classic '90s sci-fi, yeah, like. On par with, I don't know, uh, Starship Troopers or, or RoboCop, you know, dun, 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 dun. they're like, it's very noticeable. Like, mm-hmm. I, I bet you if I heard that score again, I'd be like, oh, crap, that's Judge Dredd. Yeah, Like, maybe. that sort of, uh, so you have that, and then this movie is just a flaming pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. No. I mean, like, where do we begin? First of all, the I, the, the biggest, well... Yeah, I mean, the biggest problem is, uh, I don't even want to say Rob Schneider, but just the, the, tone. the part that he serves. I mean, yes, him, but <laughs> I can't imagine I mean, anyone yes. else m- making, a good, making good choices there. That part wasn't necessary. I'm not saying it's bad that he had a sidekick, because I can see that working. Well, I mean, the sidekick should have been Diane Lane. Yeah. It should have been Judge Barbara Hershey. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, he has two sidekicks, and the the bad thing is is that why is Rob Schneider even there? His character serves no point in the plot except to reprogram the robot at the very very end, and even then you're kind of like, Neh. 
Yeah, why does he bring him along? There's no reason. This movie... I mean, I guess he has to bring him in because either because he's a criminal and he's supposed to... Or what? But, like, he was already going to jail. I don't... Yeah, it doesn't track. There's... It's like screenwriting one-on-one. When you're writing, things have to have a purpose to them. Nothing that happens in this movie has a purpose to it. Why did they frame Judge Dredd? Going back to just that simple thing. Armand Asante wanted him to experience the jail in Aspen. He needed him to go to jail. But why? Because he didn't like him. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he was mad at him for making him go to the According space to this jail. Movie, everything makes Armand Asante mad. Well, he's, that's why he's yelling and spitting all the time. Yeah. They put peas in my fried rice. No one gets to be that big without uh, a little bit of hormonal help. Anabolic steroids? And that causes things generally to skew aggressive. Let's say that. It also causes your testicles to shrink. And back knee. Armand Asante? No testicles. (laughs) No testicles. Just shriveled little raisins. Oh, man. (laughs) This... Like, nothing in this movie makes any sense. And... And let, just to go over it, it doesn't make any sense of why they frame Judge Dredd. That's the number one thing. Number two thing, you have no idea why Jurgen Prock now wants to be in charge of all the judges and wants to clone using the Janus Project. I didn't understand that. You yeah. don't know why he picked Armand DeSante to help him with this? Yeah. Like, what was the reason? This is from the guy who wrote Terminator 2. And people love Terminator 2. Yeah. I think Terminator, I love Terminator 2. I think Terminator 2 is... Has one of the most dumbest plots ever. Sure, it doesn't make any sense. But but I think that movie a, sells it. Well, I think it's, that it's movie. It's James does... Cameron's directing. James Cameron's right. an excellent director. Mm-hmm. But that plot is stupid. <laughs> why does he? Do, let me ask. I, this is the one thing I always tell people. Why does the Terminator be naked when he travels through time? Uh, cl- clothes can't go through time travel. That's if that right there is the reason why that's a dumb plot because that <laughs> is written into the plot that clothes can't travel back in time clothes well i mean of all things it's like well, right. why it doesn't make any sense Wait, you can get living matter living tissue <laughs> well no you get a robot it's integrated you yeah, gotta surround him by the, by the organic tissue right but you can't put a gun in his stomach well but because in the first move because in the term the original terminator they they send uh the other guy the guy yeah 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 uh back Kyle, so, so, Kyle so they send a human yeah. Back. Yeah. So yeah, you can get living things. You can get a robot, but you can't uh, surrounded by living tissue. His hair comes through. So I mean, dead tissue can come through. Well, character's a little. Tissue, I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, living. So it's not. Yeah. Why? Why clothes? <laughs> That's exactly it. I think it would be funny if it was like. If not if it was clothes, but if it was something still really specific, like buttons. <laughs> buttons. Zippers. Like, no, no, no. Like, nope, no, don't. Just wear a pullover. No, I'm telling you, you wear that you wear that button-up shirt, you're you're gonna have to throw it out when you get there, or you're gonna have to find some more buttons. And you have sew to wear them on. Just a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> and socks. And it's great because you will be comfortable when you travel through time. So it'll be perfect. It's like everybody traveling in economy class. <laughs> right. Exactly. Where you just don't care anymore. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like the person who wrote the plot to this movie <laughs> didn't explain any of the re- like none of the reasons. Like why does he keep bringing Rob Schneider along? There's no reason. Does he feel guilty? 
Like, that was some of the great things that they could explore in this movie. Like, oh, you are the law, but you're the law made a mistake in that it, it arrested you. Yeah, no, they only just had to say that and then leave it there. That's it. It just laid there. Yeah. It, it laid there like this movie did. Uh, and <laughs> the, the, and the, the constant idiotic, not callbacks, but just the same devices over and over again, like the guy getting stabbed in the back. Yeah. Well, not, you know, by the person who's then revealed in the next shot. It's the dumbest thing ever. They did it four times in this movie. Yeah. It was, uh, well, three times in the I movie. think it was at least three. It was at least three because the first time was with. With, with Mean Machine killing Max von Sydow mm-hmm. in the desert. By the way, if this airplane is flying across the desert and Max von Sydow had just left Mega City 1, <laughs> did he run after the thing to he get up? He didn't get very far. I mean, I mean those must, guys are camped right outside they, the city. It must have been, or something like that. And then, you know, they get that one. And then you have the scene where the robot gets killed from Rob, by Rob Schneider in the background. Mm-hmm. I love the robot because it's all hydraulically done and you never see its legs. Right. Cause, <laughs> Cause no, because there's guys, guys under there already, holding it up. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and then at the very end, you get Joan Chen shot by, by Diane Lane. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. You know, I'm a little disappointed that this never got to be like a ride at Universal <laughs> Studios. You <laughs> know? Judge Dread 4D. Right. You know? Yeah, you get to sit in like Rob the Schneider's- malfunctioning <laughs> hover bike and while, yeah, while, while Rob Schneider Blows yells, bubbles at you. <laughs> bubbles at you. He yells just nonsense at you. <laughs> you get, you're, you're behind like the, the projection. There's just, that's just alone looks back at you. Get, there's like 16 of you sitting there supposed to be on the back right. of the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on! Armando <laughs> Sante yells something at you, and then the water shoots out at you, and you get wet like he spit on you. No, it's like uh, he's it's flying warm. around, and then like the 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 hovering cab with Armando Sante in it, right. like comes out in front of you, and it like opens up, and there's like the machine guns, and then the machine just right. rocks back and forth. <laughs> oh no, you did it! Oh my god! And the effects in this movie for it's rated R. There's no blood in this. There's like a tiny bit of blood when Jurgen Prochnow's arms get ripped off. Yeah, I was looking and I I that usually when that happens it's one of those things where like normally now they'll try to roll that back like to a PG-13, they'll withhold yeah. it and then they'll say like, "Oh, and the the board will say like there's too much blood, you have to scale that back and they video it out, you know, or like there's too much cursing, you have to cut this or whatever." And so they'll get it back to the PG-13. If they wanted an R, I mean, this is definitely not what they do now, when they're like, we're going to do the hard R, and we're going to, like, go out of our way to show you that it's not PG-13. Yeah, there there was a... And I think ratings are stupid. I mean, I'm not defending any of this, but just, that's how it works. Well, there was, there's, like, a really weird thing that happened with Hollywood, where the ratings, as time has gone on, the ratings have become much, much more tighter. Like, usually, like... People become more liberal as time mm-hmm. goes on. So, like, now you'd expect, like, a movie that's rated G to have, you know, boobs and, and you know, big well, wings hanging out. Right. It's stupid because now they have – you can blow people up all day long. And, and as long as there's not a lot of gratuitous blood um, – And boobs. You can no still get a PG rating. And, but and, it's and the one boobs, F word. It's the boobs and the cursing that yeah. really does it. But people can die. People can get blown up. Well, the joke was was that there's a lot of people getting shot in this, but no blood. Like you never see someone getting shot. Like they just vibrate and they yeah. fall to the ground as the as the they go and then fall down. <laughs> and and then there's starts, smoke and steam. One guy starts doing it before he's even shot. Sure, yeah. One of like well, the chief judges. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, and as I say, like this movie, 
it does not look like a rated R movie. Like, I could show my kid this movie, and she'd be like, Dad, this is so stupid. <laughs> Why do you show me these terrible movies? <laughs> I, I showed her Clue the other day. She really liked Clue for some nice. odd reason. I don't know why, because I was, I was watching Clue. I'm like, she won't get any of these jokes. <laughs> but she laughed. She thought it was funny. Um, she liked it when Tim Curry kept falling on the floor. Sure. Yeah, she thought that was hysterical. Some good quality physical comedy. Yes. Uh, yeah, this... And not to mention the fact that a lot there's some of the some of the shots in there look pretty good. I mean, he was trying to go Blade Runner for a lot of it, and if it wasn't for the meddling of that improbable Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> it might have been a good, better looking movie. I mean, yeah. he tried to go cyberpunk, dystopian, yeah. but we never get enough shots of the city to even care about it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. This movie was awful. <laughs> this was it was a lot of wasted potential. And unnecessary so, steam. Let's and and the unnecessary just explanation of explaining everything. That was death. my other. That was my other big issue. Is that for a movie that's supposed to just be like very straightforward. The the premise is very straightforward, dumb but very straightforward. You've got the judges, and then one of them gets falsely accused of something, and then he's torn, and then he gets, he's got to fight his nemesis, and then he saves the city. Yeah. That's it. That's all that needed to happen at the core. They took that, and then they just bogged it down with, like, the stuff with the clones, and then the politics of, like, and we got to do this thing, and then... Oh, it was his brother, and then oh, but then the photos not. Oh, and he's a clone. Like, okay. Well, and all that's, how do you keep screwing this up? And then they're like, "I arrested Rico for what? Why? Why does that even have to be in this movie? None of that has to be in this movie." <laughs> Needed a revenge angle. I guess he's getting his revenge from stuff that happened before the movie happened <laughs> that they never explained. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to care about the, like, and that's the thing on top of it, too, is, like, how are you supposed to root for a fascist? Yeah, it's definitely a Well, a in a modern-day America, state. you can. But in right. 1995 America, this was, that was, it was hip. It was happening. We were excited that we didn't have Reagan anymore. We were doing pretty well. Yeah. We had the Clinton years. <laughs> you know, Boom we, economy. Yeah, we were two years away from the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> Yeah. Skull was a coming. Third third eye blind. <laughs> we had we had Weezer. What else could you want? Yeah. Weezer and, and Dookie. Yeah. And uh uh Kirk Cobain just killed himself, so yeah. that got rid of all that annoying yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> just mellow out on alternative Q one oh one music that Yeah. You, you can listen to Presidents of the United States singing peaches. Yeah. Uh, Met- sure could. Metallica finally put a de- put the final nail in their coffin with load. <laughs> it was a just it was a, it was a happy time. It was literally just the most plastic era of humanity ever known. Like everything was just shallow, just two inches of everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we were as a society. But we loved it. We absolutely loved it. <laughs> and then we get this movie, and just all collapses like a flan in the cupboard. <laughs> Like a flan in the cupboard. It's an. I think it's an old idiot bit. Um, ah. In fact, I don't know where I quote it from. I just always quote that. It's all right. But this, yeah, this this movie, it just fails on every level of 
movie making. And I feel so bad for this Cannon, this Danny Cannon, because it literally killed him. Like he did, he never made a future a feature film again. Oh, yeah. except for I still know what you did last time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Usher was in that one. Yeah, I I wouldn't uh, feel he died too bad his for way. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't feel too bad for him uh, if that's what he uh, ended up doing. Yeah, I, I mean it's this movie. This aside from like people like character actors like Jurgen Prochnow and Max von Sydow, this movie killed a lot of people's careers. Diane Lane didn't recover for another like six years after this. Stallone never recovered. I mean, yeah, he's doing a lot of supporting now. I mean, he's he's having a, well, a supporting actor renaissance yeah. right now, showing up in a lot of big. The Expendables helped, oh, and that movie's His terrible whole thing. too. I've never seen any of those. The first one was okay, but like yeah. on a level where you're like they're like the Fast and the Furious movies for me, or the Transformers movies, like these franchises that keep going that some people seem to like, but that I just can't really bring myself to get into. Well, with the, the Expendables, it's kind of like with the first one. I was like, oh, this is it's funny because you got these all these action stars, of, right? It's not you're not really making fun of it, but it's just like, hey, let's get all these guys together and and do this these crazy action sequences and all this stuff yeah. that they're really famous for, like these old guys who probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. So you yeah. watch the first one, you're like, oh, this is fun. Then the second one came out, and you're like, ah, I think they kind of need another one. Yeah, I didn't. Then they got like a third one, and everyone's like, oh, just stop. Now they're bringing in Chuck Norris, and you're just like, no. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. But I mean, yeah, he did, you know, I, I did like uh, Rocky Balboa. I thought that was a good movie. Yeah, not uh, bad. Creed was great. Creed, Creed was, was better. Fantastic. He was pretty small in that, yeah. but had a small part in that. Well, yeah, because he had absolutely nothing really to do with it except right. the creation of the characters. But, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I like John Rambo just because it gave us a great movie villain where... <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> where they're like, they're like having sex with these, you know... Uh, I guess I, they were Burmese children. I was gonna say, yeah, I I kind of I vaguely remember. That I couldn't remember if it's, it's Myanmar. They were but young. Yeah, it's uh, right. I'm just yes. gonna call it Burmese because it's easier to say than Myanmarese. Myan Myanmarin. Yeah, I'm Myanmar. not actually sure. Remember they're throwing like the the landmines and the rice paddies and making the people go through it for fun. I'm yeah. like, that's a great villain. That's true. They did have the super evil villain. Evil villain. I love movie. it. And then yeah. he takes like the fifty caliber gun and he turns it in that guy in the jeep. And he's blowing his head mm. off, and you're like, "Yes, this is I what think I he want." Rips a guy's throat out in <laughs> that does? movie, and you're just like, "Whoa, this is okay. Yeah. This is earning its R." Yeah, that's yeah. what I want. That movie is pretty brutal. Not this. Not not this. Yeah, this is. Uh, Copland wasn't bad. Silly. <laughs> a lot of people like Copland. Mm-hmm. It's not a terrible movie. Is it he a dirty cop in that one? I or? think he's kind of yeah. I think he's kind of like a dirty yeah, cop. In that one. It's been a long yeah. time. That movie came out in like ninety nine. I want to yeah, say two thousand. And then he did Driven, where he's, he's, a, he's a race car driver. Oh yeah. And then he did. Then he does like a really couple crappy movies, and then he kind of comes back now, and he's he's doing all that. So he's he's humbled himself. He's realized the mistake that he made with Judge Dredd. <laughs> so he's he's paid for Judge Dredd. Dude. Yeah, I, I think he's paid his dues for Judge Dredd for thinking Rob Schneider was funny. Rob Schneider never recovered. Rob Schneider, he, I, I will, I will stand by the original Deuce Bigelow. I think that movie has a lot of good qualities to it. Everything else he has ever done has been terrible. Hmm. You know, uh, yeah. even the supporting stuff he does in, in Adam Sandler's movies. Oh yeah, it's if just, it's not blatantly offensively racist, it's just not funny. Mm-mm. No, I mean the. Uh, he was in Grown Ups, I believe, and uh, he's always in all those movies. I, like, what's what's even the point? He's just an awful human being, <laughs> and and, and I, I don't know why we continued talking about this movie. <laughs> the end. The end. You be head of the council. You choose. 
And you choose quickly, too. I should have put you down myself. Personally. You know, I never understood that. Why did you judge me? Why did you judge me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Law. I betrayed this. Your council's experiment, which failed. All right. So the big news of of the day is that so Spider-Man looks like it's going to be doing well. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming looks like it's going to. I think Sony's like excited. They're like, yes, yes, <laughs> finally. I saw one early comment, like a tweet from like a film critic that a I follow, uh, who said uh, that it was very fun. Uh, I don't remember if those were her it was exact very words. movie. <laughs> I don't think those were exact words, but she liked it. And so was it Pauline Kale? <laughs> no, unfortunately, she's dead. <laughs> Every time someone says a female movie critic, I think Pauline <laughs> Kale. <laughs> Pauline Kale's rolling over in her grave with all these Marvel movies. <laughs> she would be. Oh, Ebert would be like, this movie's terrible. Warren Beatty is dancing on it. <laughs> Gene Siskel. This movie's terrible. My head hurts. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, because the movie looks like it's going to do well, Sony's like, we're going to make a Venom movie. <laughs> because... And nine more Spider-Man. <laughs> well, and they're like, we're going to get... So we're going to make a Venom movie, and everyone's like, oh, and they're like, we're going to get Tom Hardy to be in it, oh, and Carnage is going to be in it, <laughs> It's like, they just don't understand that, it's it's like that one guy, like, you're having a funny conversation, and they're, you're going back and forth telling jokes, and this guy just makes, like, the most blatant racist or sexist comment ever, and you just look at him like, really? You yeah. just take it that much further than it needs to go? We're all having a great time. And you just ruin it for everyone. Is now my impression, uh, coming from a, a reasonably outsider perspective, is um, the attitude toward that a lot of people have when I like people on the internet, you know, oh, uh, those nerds people. with bad taste, that <laughs> um, they have towards like Venom and Carnage is similar to the one they had uh, they have of Deadpool. Is he in that same sort of class of, like, kind of not super popular, but, like, popular enough that I've heard of him? Kind of. It's it's very hard to... Venom and, and, and Carnage are very, very hard to nail down in terms of popularity because they came in at a very brief window. Um, Venom made his first appearance in, was it 85 in Secret Wars, number 8 or 9? And Carnage didn't show up until... Jesus, about... he's not looking this up. Yeah, he's just I'm, off the top of his my head. head. Yeah. And Carnage showed up... I can't. I couldn't tell you Carnage off the top of my head. But that was like in the mid-90s, because I wasn't reading Spider-Man at that time. But there was... So, Spider-Man fans, unless you were like reading Spider-Man in that very narrow window of like 85 to 95, like, what's well, so that's ten, 10 years, not really that narrow of a window... But if, if you were reading him at that point, you kind of fell in love with Venom because it was Todd McFarlane was drawing it. And it was all yeah. crazy. And, yeah, the and big, the big yeah. Gene Simmons tongue yeah. sticking out and he's and it, drooling everywhere like my baby. Yeah. And then you have Carnage, who's all lithe and looks kind of like like a like. Yeah. He's just like the red. Yeah. But Venom. He's, he's, he's skinny. Like Venom's, Venom's big and buff. And That's true. Carnage, yeah. is, Carnage looks like uh, what's his face from Watchmen. Uh, the guy who played Rorschach. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's like all like that. You're like, ah, it looks like a child molester. But he was, I think he was a child molester in the comics. Oh. But yeah, so 
I remember it? there was a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, Maximum Carnage. Fantastic video game. I by enjoyed the way. playing that one. I'm not a video game guy, yeah. but I remember uh, I either had that one. Well, or it was I based. It. it was actually based on a, a multi part comic book story called Maximum Carnage. Ah, yes. So you, but the thing is, is that there's people who absolutely love this character, but it's one of those ways in which it's done where the person goes, "It's only going to be good if it's done this specific way. If it's not mm. done this way, it's not going to be good." And okay. every nerd has their own opinion on what this way has to be. Like, oh, like. It has to be this person playing this character, or I'm not going to watch it. And I'm like, this is the biggest mistake Sony can make. You are given a blessing by by Feige and, and Marvel Entertainment by them making uh, Spider-Man Homecoming for you. This movie is going to do incredibly well. It's going to give you Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. You can get a couple of them to do off this, and you're yeah. gonna you're it's gonna do incredibly well for you. Just get out of the way and let the money happen. Yes, <laughs> and then they're like. No, we're gonna make this movie. We're gonna make a black cat movie, and we're gonna somebody make... wants to reboot X Men again. Oh, well, that's not that's that's uh, that's Fox. And who was it? Who, oh, Sony. that's true. Who who was it who said? Uh, I guess I'm I'm moving away from that. But didn't someone also uh, say they wanted to to play Wolverine? They wanted to reboot Wolverine. Uh the guy from American Gods, the guy who's playing um, the 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 Leprechaun character, Mad Sweeney, says, and he's also porn stash and Orange is the New Black. Ah, yeah. Uh, he wants okay. to play Wolverine, and they ah. mentioned that. I think he'd be okay. I mean, if you watch American Gods, which I have, and it's fantastic, um, he's a really fun character, and he's, I think he does pretty well with it. Nice. I don't know if he could carry Wolverine. Mm. I mean, the only person, in my opinion, who could play Wolverine is Bob Hoskins, and he's dead. <laughs> Bob Hoskins as Wolverine would be fantastic. <laughs> Bob Hoskins as anything is fantastic. I am on board with this 100%. Five foot... One Bob Hoskins <laughs> wearing no shirt, like his big gut hanging out. Calling everybody Bub. Bub. Like a cigar in his mouth, like a cloth. <laughs> that would work. It's like Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito could play Wolverine. <laughs> That's the way Wolverine looked in the comics until they got <laughs> six foot two Hugh Jackman to play the character. Yeah. But now all of a sudden he's this giant. Um, but yeah, that's but that, that's the thing, is like Sony, just just move out of the way and let uh let Marvel make you money. Yeah. Because that's what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, other news, it's not really comic book related, it's tangential, but Lord and Miller, uh, the guys who did the Lego movie, were kicked off the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. Jessica Han. Solo movie. <laughs> right. Uh, and they were replaced by the most in, uh, in, uh, controversial director of all time, Ron Howard. Yeah. The man who brought us Willow. <laughs> Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, and three Robert Langdon movies. <laughs> the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci, da Vinci Code, Code Trilogy. Two. Was it was back, Angels and Demons? Back to Italy. <laughs> da Vinci Code 3. Da Vinci Code 13. <laughs> uh, what was the third one? It was Angels and Demons was the second one, and the third one was like the sign or, or uh, the lost symbol. N- nobody saw it. I yeah, don't know. it didn't make any money. I don't remember. Yeah. Came and went. It was not a very good movie. My wife likes those books. They are the I haven't w- read them. I read the first one, and it was one of the few times where I've ever like thrown a book across the room. <laughs> um, I, I can I can name like three books that I've ever gotten really mad at and thrown the book. One was The Da Vinci Code. The other one was Carter Beats the Devil, oh. which was a uh, not a bad written book, but it just got me like the big twist got me really uh, mad. Yeah. And there was another one I can't remember what it is, but who cares? But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like. So they get 
uh, Christopher Lord and whatever Miller, I don't remember his first name, uh, or Christopher, I don't, whatever, Lord and it Miller. It doesn't matter. The guys yeah. who did the Lego movie, the movie that everyone thought was going to be terrible. Yeah. They're making a movie about Lego? Why the hell would I want to watch this? Mm-hmm. They made it watchable, and they made it fun. And yeah. they, you know, it's a good movie. Well, yeah. I stand by it. Stand I like it. it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't rewatched it, but I liked it, and I liked Lego Batman, so yeah. I'll stick with it. Good That's, movies. So you have them, you're like, okay, we're going to have this, this Star Wars movie, the, a Han Solo movie, done by these two guys. This is going to be fun. It's got... Um, uh, uh, childish Gambino as as uh, you know as <laughs> yeah. as Billy D. Williams mm-hmm. as <laughs> Billy D. Williams exactly. You got Woody Harrelson in it. Mm-hmm. You got Daenerys Targaryen. She can't act, but whatever. She's good looking. She's in the movie. Yep. Um, remember when she was in that terrible Terminator movie? Yeah, we, Gen- I don't. Genesis, I didn't see that Gen- one. Gen Weiss. Gen Weiss. You have her in this movie, and you're like, okay, at least it's got a great director. This guy can do something. But now they kicked him off because apparently he they couldn't work in what Kathleen Kennedy, who's probably ninety nine billion years old at this point, <laughs> wanted to do with the Star Wars universe. And he, okay, and that just begs the question, Kevin: When will I ever get a blockbuster movie that's not edited to hell? I don't know, man. The I don't know. It's, all of these movies come out, and every time that they're not very good, that's always the excuse. They always say like, "Well." Yeah, it got a lot of rewrites, and got, so it's just they got to stop bringing in. They stop doing it. Stop bringing in people later to fix it. And you know, it's the it's all these studios. It's the studio system. It, it has to be because. But the thing is, is that it works for them because people love Rogue One. I didn't think Rogue One was terrible, but Rogue One was so inconsequential. The first two acts of Rogue One were so inconsequential that it, they didn't even need to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was fine. It was very fine. They gave Star Wars the dark, gritty side that it needed. No, it's Star Wars! They got <laughs> laser swords and giant dogs that walk around! Yeah. You know, we don't need the dark grittiness. Like, no. No one cares about that. If I want dark grittiness, I'm going to watch Platoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. you know, I don't get Platoon in my Star Wars. I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. go around putting Star Wars in your Platoon. <laughs> I mean, if we want a dark, real, realistic Star Wars, let's let Oliver Stone direct a Star Wars. There you Coked go. out Oliver Stone directing Star Wars. Let him write and go. direct it. And yeah. you're like, this is just Vladimir Viet- Putin is Darth Vader. <laughs> this is just Vietnam. <laughs> you know? Han Solo just does cocaine for 15 minutes in the middle of the It movie. opens up Earth, 1969. <laughs> 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 Is this, did I buy in the right theater? <laughs> Helicopters flying over. Francis Ford Coppola, Star Wars, Tatooine. God damn it, I'm still in Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you really can't tell the difference between Marlon Brando and Jabba the Hutt at that point. So, mm. like, why not? It's true. <laughs> the horror. The horror. <laughs> that movie's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it is not. It's it's not awful. There's, don't, it's that, don't it's be not all that good. Joe. It's not that good. Don't be all Joe. You know Joe. I love a good war movie, Kevin. Yeah, I you know it's me. It's not a war movie. That's it's, your problem. It, probably it's, but it's not even like you're like. There's not even a single submarine in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the Robert Duvall stuff, and then yeah. the, there's parts I really like of that movie. Yeah. But it's overall, it's yeah. My it's, my wife doesn't like it either. It's she, a meand- she not it's, care for it's it. very meandering. It's very navel gazing. See, but you, I like that. You know, I, I, I like I, I those are that. my movies. Yeah, 
but it, it, yeah, I mean, it's like the second half of Full Metal Jacket, where you're just like, ugh. Yeah, I'm with you. It has its moments. I know some people who actually prefer the second half. Re- who prefers the second half of Full Metal Jacket? I, it was someone I was listening to in a podcast. Oh, I don't. Okay. I guess I should say I know them, but I was just <laughs> listening to a podcast where someone said that they actually really like uh, and might actually like the second half better. There's some the good Vietnam parts. The Vietnam stuff. There's some good parts of the Vietnam stuff. But, but that's I mean, not the stuff anybody ever remembers. What hedgerows are there in Vietnam, Kevin? <laughs> there, there are no hedgerows in Vietnam. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's kind of the the, nice. the big comic. Am I missing anything comic book wise? I don't think I am. Uh, probably. I've I've gone off. I, I'm on painkillers right now, people. So if I seem like I'm a little out of it on this cast, um, I just had cement injected into my spine. He sure did. About two days ago. So I'm I'm riding high on the painkillers, and I'm loving every minute of it. session will you please stand first allow me to introduce myself my name is judge hundred years some people call me judge dread now i am from Ethiopia. try hard you rude boys for shooting black people All right, so we're going to do a, a little bit of a, a pick three this episode because we actually, it's well, it's not going to be super short. Um, I think my complaining about the movie went a little long. But <laughs> it always does. Um, so we, no offense to Danny Cannon, this movie was not badly directed. Um, but there are people who probably could have done a better job with this movie. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, we can't. We can't say too much. I mean, someone with the ability to stand up to Sylvester Stallone, which there's not going to be that many, and I don't know that anybody on my list would have the ability. Maybe one uh, would have the ability to stand up to Stallone. So when he says, "We need bring in Rob Schneider, my friend from another movie," and you say, "No, we don't need to do that. We're not going to do that." Yeah, no, no. no. We're going to shoot his scenes, and then we're going to cut him. We're going to cut them all. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cut them all. All right, so um, do I go first? You go first? Who you, who you want to go first? You can go first. Go ahead. All right, so my number three, I'm shooting high for my number three. Yeah. Um, this is my, not quite number one, but this is a person that I would love to see no, do a judge dread. No, it's number threat. three. It's, well, I mean, like. <laughs> my number three is not my number one. <laughs> it's not my number two It's either. not even my number two. <laughs> it's my number three. It is my number three. Um, I, w- I, I aimed high. I went with Stanley Kubrick. Nice. As we just mentioned with Full Metal Jacket, Stanley Kubrick's. Judge Dredd. Yeah. Um, I think that it would have been a lot... It would have taken its time a lot more. Sure. It would have been a lot more social comedy. I'm thinking that if we... I'm, I'm kind of going a little bit more of, um, like, Full Metal Jacket style Stanley Kubrick. Like, that gritty realism sure. of, of well, and, experience. Well, and what, what came to my mind wasn't that, although that was certainly much closer. Doctor uh, Strangelove? I was thinking... Um, uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah, that could be because too, yeah. it's it's similar. It's got the dystopia element, and he can have a lot of. We know that he can sort of make up weird cultural stuff. I think that could be the issue: is he'd get so lost in <laughs> creating the world and just oh, you know too. doing a lot of world building. You know, Sylvester Stallone would just be standing there like, "Are you gonna do what now? I'm like, melting underneath these hot lights. I don't understand what any of this means." Yeah. 
it's uh, like for me Kubrick. There's lots of different facets of Kubrick, and I think he and I think that's part of it. Like his attention to detail. Like this is a world that that he could build and he could make it exist. I mean, we saw the sets that they built. They built massive sets for this movie. Yeah. Um, he would have had a lot of fun with it. I mean, Kubrick is not a. I often get to fights over Kubrick because I will defend Kubrick, even sure. though I don't always agree with every choice that Kubrick makes. Who are these people that you're having to defend Stanley Kubrick to? Well, you like need new friends. Steve, who I do comic book uh, game classy <laughs> with, hates Kubrick. Yeah, but but the, he huh. does have some points. Kubrick is not always a hundred percent guy. No, I think every one of his. Movies... I don't think that that th- that's that internet mentality of like someone does one bad thing and they suck now and no, they've no, no. always sucked. No, it's it's like Stanley Kubrick's movies aren't always at a hundred percent. Most of his movies, I, the, I will enjoy them, but he makes some weird choices, and it's like I'd say that you know he's 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 got it about fifty to seventy five percent of the time in every movie he's ever done. Ah. I don't think he's. A, if I'm going to pick, like, a perfect movie that he's ever done, Spartacus. I love Spartacus. It's fantastic. Um, Dr. Strangelove, that's about an 85 90%. Some of his other movies, Barry Lyndon is terrible. No. Yeah. Um, Eyes Wide Shut, it's pretty bad. Yeah. That's a very pretty movie. Yeah. Clockwork Orange, that's a pretty good one. That's about 75%. It's not great. It's very of its time. Yeah. And it's of a time and a place that we're not familiar with. Yeah. So it's a very weird the, the, artifact. The Shining. I love The Shining. Don't get me wrong. I love The Shining, but it is a terrible adaptation <laughs> of that book. It, it, Stephen King is right, although the version that he made with Eric Weber for TV was worse. Stephen Weber, yeah, sorry. Uh, from Wings. <laughs> yes. Was worse. Yeah. Was much worse. And it was just more accurate to the novel. So, okay, good for him. Yeah, I mean, and he got to have his vision, you know, on the screen. And, and that movie, I think the fun part about The Shining, and we'll get, you know, whatever. But The, the Shining. We're going to start that Stephen King podcast we, we next, should, I think. We, we really, really should just go through everything that was adapted. <laughs> it's so, so much of it's terrible. I know. It's so much of it's They're so, so awful. terrible. I just thought of that bag of bones thing with <laughs> Pierce Brosnan from a couple of years ago and how awful that was. Rose Matter. It made oh me my God. cry. It was so bad. <laughs> but so, like, The Shining is great. But what makes The Shining really great is how much people have taken from The Shining. Like, that, that documentary room. Uh, room it? 237. 237, thank you. Yeah. I love like, that movie. It's. It's so it's just such a great example of like how people can read into something so much. But yeah. it's like but that's how great the shining is. Right. And it's and it's not like all of these things that they're pointing out that they're thinking are like clues are just like Kubrick bad directing. <laughs> <laughs> In some cases it's just things that probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, well, so what's your number three for people uh, who So my number three, I, I think that my list uh, I actually went with kind of like I kept the time. I kept 1995, and I kept the circumstances and the kind of movie. And I was just like, who would have done a better job with this in the the place and time? And so, an obvious first pick, given what he had done right around that time, is Luke Besson. Ooh, I think if you're gonna take, nice. and there's a lot of, you know, Fifth Element was a couple, was you know a year or two away at this point. But like, if you were gonna take this movie and you were gonna say, you know what, let's have a lot of fun with it. He would have taken it and it would have been more colorful and it would have been <laughs> sillier and it would have been, uh, b- but not silly in a sense that like it wouldn't have taken itself seriously. When we talked about how f- in the beginning, 
when you mentioned how far removed from the cheek the tongue was. Yes. Uh, he would have put it back in the cheek where it belongs. Yeah. I, I think you're you're right. I, and the things I love about Luc Besson is he's... When he's good, he's fantastic. Yeah. When he's bad, well, he's he's watchable. Mm-hmm. He's colorful. He's fun. I think that this that's yeah, like Luke Besson is a guy that could have really understood the source material. I think that's part of the reason too is that we have American actors with uh with a a, a, a that don't really understand. We have a, a very American sense of what law and order or, is yeah what the criminal justice system is and in britain they're making fun of our our criminal justice system with this right i mean they're not really making fun of it they're just kind of telling it how it is but yeah. <laughs> you know you have that and i think luke Besson is being french you know of course going to be taking the piss out of what it is to be american he did that in the fifth uh fifth element he's you know he might as well do that with this movie as well valerian's coming out soon yeah. you get to see that that freaky chick's big eyebrows. <laughs> Clara Davine or whatever. Delavine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Asa Butterface or whatever his name is. <laughs> nice. Um, so my number two. Um, I decided I if I wanted a little more. Um, so some of the stuff that was in this movie that I kind of liked is like the mutants in the in the in the wasteland and mm-hmm. the clones and stuff like that. Let's go David Cronenberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's go dark. Yeah, let's go. Let's go dark and go creepy. Really weird. <laughs> this movie we're gonna get really weird. <laughs> I mean, Cronenberg is not really known for doing crazy action stuff, but there's like a darker side of this movie that I think Cronenberg could have like really had some fun with. Um, you know, you always think of the the top Cronenberg movie, uh, The Fly, mm-hmm. and as I also mentioned uh, History of Violence, which is also right. You know. Uh, another great Cronenberg movie that does that's not really creepy. It's just a very very violent movie, mm-hmm. and then a guy gets beaten with a a barbed wire baseball bat. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, I, he's Cronenberg's one of those one of those directors that's I think not really underrated, just not as well known as he used to be. Yeah. Like he made a lot of. I, I think he gets labeled as kind of arty. Yeah. Um, whether that's fair or not, I don't really. Did know. Did he do but... Naked Lunch? Yeah. Yeah. So another movie we just talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Let's, where's where's my superhero David uh, David Cronenberg movie? Yeah, let let's see that. I would see that. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> you know, David the David Cronenberg Spider Man. He's actually a spider. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a that's a great movie. From was it? Did the fly come out in the nineties or was that eighties? Eighties. That was eighties. Yeah, Eighty like six ish. Oh. oh wow, it was that yeah, early. Eighty eight. It doesn't seem like it'd be that. I mean, I guess I suppose because um, Jurassic Park was ninety three with uh, with Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that does make sense. That it would be a little. Yeah. yeah. God, that movie's so it's a weird. weird. Movie. If you haven't seen The Fly, go watch The Fly. Don't watch Judge Red. Go watch The Fly. <laughs> I know with the, the Fly gets made fun of a lot, and it's in pop culture. It's kind of like in the zeitgeist of like you know that that. Uh, help but I think me, it's one of the big. Me. I think I mean, it's one people, of the big. People. Well, and the help me thing too. That's from, I, the, it's original, from the original, yeah. the ending of the original. But I mean, everyone kind of knows, like the the Brundle fly, you know, his face yeah. melting off and everything like that. People understand that and Gina Davis giving birth to the maggot, like that's like stuff that like it's kind of in pop culture. Like it's it's <laughs> it's borderline. Like yeah, it's one of those things. So, Gross. but a lot of people just have ne- not seen the fly anymore. I don't. People don't get the references. Go watch the fly. What's yeah. your number two? Well, my number two, we sort of mentioned him already, um, because I think, uh, again, if you want to talk about big action, 
with us being able to overshadow, you know, well-directed action being able to overshadow a really dumb plot, uh, then I think James Cameron's your man. Yeah. Uh, you want the money, and he's the guy who I think could have went, could have gone up against Stallone and been like, I'll work with you, but yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do that. Well, I, well, that's the thing, too, is Cameron is... He's able to wrangle a lot of people, a lot of big names, and can do it very well. Like, yeah, he's he's like, I'm James Cameron. I've made billion dollar movies. <laughs> like before, that was a thing to make billion dollar movies. It's true. Yeah, he and Spielberg had the you know, and Lucas had the the back and forth of. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna make a movie called Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And you have <laughs> James Cameron, who's like, I'm going to take something that's not been a property and make a billion dollars with it. I'm going to make Avatar. <laughs> right. A movie that's somehow incomprehensibly made, like, $2 billion, and no one cares about it anymore. <laughs> no one has, seems to have seen it. No <laughs> one seems to know anything about it. It's all the Chinese. They love And they're Avatar. making eight more sequels <laughs> apparently and they've been making them for seven years eight years but he was he was able to take you know um they're all gonna come out at once you're gonna sit inside of a room and they're all <laughs> gonna play simultaneously on four different screens all the sequels cameron vision yeah i think you know he was able to, to really direct schwarzenegger and and t2 which was arguably at the top of schwarzenegger's career at that oh, point yeah. and and not have any issues so Schwarzenegger was another one who kind of went downhill not too far after Terminator 2. Yeah. Well, once was... those guys start getting old, I mean... Well, what was the movie that, like, really tipped the scales with Schwarzenegger? Was it was it Collateral? Commi- tipped the scales negatively? Like, yeah, like where he went over the edge. Uh, End gosh, of Days? I don't know. Yeah, Dude, that was late, End of though. Days. End of Days was really... The Eraser might have been it. Yeah, maybe it was the one. It was the one or two or three punch of of those movies. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, at like the end of the nineties, like for Cameron though, True Lies, often one of his oh, most yeah. un- overlooked movies, is my favorite Cameron movie. It's yeah. it's such a fantastic movie. It's really funny. It's so well done. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's well acted. It's well di- it's well directed action movie. It's it's so we know yeah. he can do uh, a lot of great things with kind of dumb material. <laughs> so we can get Schwarzenegger as as Judge Dredd. I mean, sure. I'm sure he was probably up for the movie at some point. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I am the law. Okay, the Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I pronounce you guilty. <laughs> Judge Hershey, come <laughs> me. I didn't do it. And why, if Armand Asante is Schwarzenegger's, cl- why could they just think it's Schwarzenegger to play both parts? Because uh, that's Schwarzenegger uh, could, Stallone to play right, both parts. Yeah, they should have. They should have done that. He barely played one part. <laughs> that's why. So I think I know what your number one is. What do you think my number? I one think is? you alluded to it earlier. Who do you think my number one is? <laughs> Now, Stallone, what I want you to do... Oh, no, it's not going to be David Lynch. No, 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 no. Stallone! <laughs> Just three hours of, of, of Rob Schneider dancing. <laughs> the horse. The horse. No, I would like. I think David Lynch should do every movie. <laughs> well, when they, they said... I think when they, when they said they got Rob, Ron Howard to do the Han Solo movie... I said, screw it. We should just get David Lynch to finally direct a Star Wars movie. Little known, uh, not little known, it's probably well known at this fact. David Lynch was supposed to direct Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. But he, uh, he 
didn't he opted for Dune? He opted for Dune instead. Yeah, that which was, he's still was sad about. He, I can't believe he's sad about Dune. Dune is a is a terrible movie, but it's still just amazing. Like I I would not be ashamed of Dune. Like no no, it's it's a weird movie, but it, I think culturally Dune is is very interesting. I think it 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 cemented its place in this in in the cinema world. But no, my my number one is is actually not as really as an inspired a choice because he's a guy that was able to take science fiction material and really adapt it to a very tongue in cheek style, and that's Paul Verhoeven. Oh yeah, the guy who did um, yeah, um, RoboCop, RoboCop, uh, Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers, and um, L. What? L. <laughs> L. <laughs> movie from last year. Oh, about no. rape. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, the um the one with the the get you ask the Mars. Oh, Total uh, Recall. Total yeah, Recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you have this guy who's able to take the science fiction material and really kind of explore why it's so tongue and why it's like why it needs to be satire. Starship Troopers is the perfect example for it. Yeah. Um. So I have a lot of friends who are who are ex military, and they love Starship Troopers, the book. And I'm like, you guys just don't understand what Starship Troopers is. This is not like a real thing where he's like saying like, yes, all people who were in the the uh, the military should be. I just want to make a recording. All people who are only people who are in the military should get to vote. That's not what he's doing. He's he's it's a satire. Please yeah. don't take this seriously. Right. And Verhoeven got that when he was making the movie Starship Troopers. And that's why you get things like, would you like to know more? Or like, you know, like, kill them all. Yeah. You know, you get that. And you're like, oh, I understand. And RoboCop is the same way. RoboCop is not his 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 defense of why we should have a robot police officer. Right. You know, it, it's like, these are the inherent problems with having a robot police officer. Yeah. You know, and having a corporate control. how easy it to, is yeah. to, right. Yeah, yeah. This is all, this is all a problem. Yeah. Corporations shouldn't own the police. This is a problem. And this is what he's able to do. And that's why it works on, for I think something like Judge Dredd is the exact same way. Um, like, why we shouldn't have a police officer be judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. That's a really bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people. They're really none of those things right now, and we have a ton of problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the, the, that's kind of what we're going with this, guys. I know I'm a very liberal person. Just take it with a grain of salt. I mean, you can have your own views. You're wrong, but this <laughs> painkillers, yeah. people, painkillers. Yeah, All right. So, who's your number one? Well, my number one, uh, I, I I wanted to go with uh, you know someone who can do big costumes certainly can do uh big crazy sets and definitely gets the weird futuristic satire uh poking fun at uh uh everyone around us uh what what are you on terry gilliam oh terry gilliam oh he'd be great big weird puppets (laughs) it would be (laughs) that's what i want i wanted this movie to be more uh well, bonkers. That's pretty be much like, the only like Brazil, like Brazil with some time bandits yeah. uh, thrown in. I just, I just want just borderline incomprehensible Britishness for me is kind of what I wanted. You know, if we were going to lean hard into it being British, yeah. by the one non-British member of Monty Python, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he finally yeah, exactly. Fi- you know, did you know he filmed the man who killed uh, the man who killed Don Quixote? He redid it. Yeah, finally. Supposedly, it's coming. Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> Terry yeah. Gilliam, you nut. But that's what he does. That's what he he does it really well. And I and I love his uh, vo- when he was, you know. Well, this uh, is ninety five, so this is pre twelve monkeys. 
But ninety five was twelve. Was ninety five? That's what he would have done at that point. Okay. So it was. He was. He's capable of doing and the Fisher, dark and the Fisher King was just before that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, arguably my two two of my favorite of the of Terry Gilliam's. Uh, with I love Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, with that Fear, that might actually be my favorite movie of of ninety five. I love that movie. I've seen it's it a great movie so many times. It re- done incredibly well. Yeah. Um. With uh. With I used to just rewatch that movie and just be like, I still don't think I know exactly <laughs> what it's about. <laughs> Brad Pitt. A brilliant yeah. Brad Pitt. That's one of the reasons I'll always kind of have a fondness for Brad Pitt. Like, I don't just like, oh, because he's good looking and he's been like a big crazy movie star. I'm like, no, but he can act really well when he's given the right material in the and right circumstances. Great Bruce a great Will- director. Like, really leaning into Bruce Willis's strengths of him looking around confused all the time. Yeah. That's like the only thing that Bruce Willis can do incredibly well. Like, what? Huh? Yeah. Wait a minute. Huh? Like from the future. Yeah, from the future. <laughs> he says that in every movie. This is the only time when it's actually relevant to the plot. Who is the, who is the woman in that movie? Not Mercedes Rule, because oh, that's Fisher King. That's no, it's someone that I, I that I think has done some TV stuff. I don't actually know. I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I, and if you guys haven't seen the Fisher King, like go back watch Fisher King. That movie's amazing. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was a little bit after that too. Another one that I incredibly... oh Madeline Stowe, Madeline Stowe. yes, yeah. so that's right, yeah. So go... I always think it's someone else. That's why I always think it's Mercedes Rule, but yeah. she's the Fisher King. She mm-hmm. won uh, best supporting actress in that movie. Well, there you go. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Uh, but yeah, I could totally Terry Gilliam, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you could see the strings holding up the hover bikes. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, no, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. <laughs> Eric Idle plays like. The, you know the chief judge or whatever just yeah because sure yeah i was Ro- thinking he'd play the rob schneider part <laughs> oh that too robin williams <laughs> plays a the lot artist. of dwarves for some reason <laughs> there would just be <laughs> anyway oh yeah uh on a scale of f to f what are you giving <laughs> judge dread um i'll give it a a D plus. It's uh it's uh I like the practical effects. I liked how nineties it was. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it didn't have really anything else going for it. This movie's an F. Dude, come on, a D plus. <laughs> an F though. This movie this movie's is F not, seems harsh. This movie's nigh incomprehensible. Like yeah. the the only thing I kind of liked about it is is that like his shoulder pads were really shiny and didn't have any fingerprints on it. Yeah, the stuff that the tongue and cheek stuff that survived Stallone, uh, like the goofy costumes and you know the great big crazy sets and the weird monsters and yeah, like that stuff. I mean, you could give it a D. Uh, I could I can go as low as D. I could never recommend this movie to anyone. For no, oh, for, no, for, I won't recommend for it. For no, there's not a single reason I would recommend this movie. I wouldn't recommend a movie that I give a D plus to. I wouldn't recommend a movie I give a C to. <laughs> this, I'd be like, yeah. a movie's about a C. Like if you watch it, you'll be like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. don't watch. But don't watch it. Yeah, it's it, this movie's bad. On it's, every, it is bad. It's got bad acting, bad writing. It's bad. Yeah. It's not. It's not just bad. It's not good. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's what I say. <laughs> um, so uh, go to planarbitrary.com for your plan arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at plan arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at K White says like our Facebook page backslash Comic Book Logic. Uh, best way you can help out the podcast like comment and subscribe on the iTunes. You could also listen to our sister podcasts, Game Classy Podcasts, which will be coming back next week. Uh, we took a week off because I had surgery. <laughs> sure. And uh, Wimp. Yeah. Let me tell you guys, the drugs they gave me were awesome. Yeah. I was floating. You want the good stuff. All you've got to do is <laughs> fall off your roof. Yeah, and fall off my wear roof. Wear a back brace for, for three months. months. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> and the best thing about it was is that I was so drugged. I told Kevin this story. But uh, when the, the, the anesthesiologist came back in the room after I had woken up from being put out, he's like, how's everything going? I'm like, I can't feel my legs. And he's like, what? And I'm like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. I can, I can feel them just fine. Uh, that's how loopy I was at yeah. that point. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, coming back, Game Classic coming back next week. Uh, also, you could listen to Play On Podcast, which is all about the video gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be coming back soon enough. Talk about fighting games and <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Whatever they Punches and the about. kicks and the Hadoukens. Maximum <laughs> carnage. <laughs> Maximum carnage. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Kevin, until... I think it's Homecoming is next. Yeah, probably. Uh, I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> Comic. Look. Logic. Logic.